Welcome to the Church of England's online service this Sunday. My name is Rod Thomas, I'm the Bishop of Maidstone, and I have a particular ministry to a number of evangelical churches throughout the country. Today, this service is coming to you from St Peter's in Colchester, in the Diocese of Chelmsford. We start with our formal greeting. O Lord, open our lips, and our mouth shall declare your praise. Give us the joy of your saving help, and sustain us with your life-giving spirit. Well, we open our lips in praise with our first hymn, All Creatures of Our God and King.
We worship God in lowliness because we remember that we are forgiven sinners. Jesus says, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is close at hand. So let us turn away from our sins and turn to Christ, confessing our sins in penitence and faith. We pray together. Lord God, we have sinned against you. We have done evil in your sight. We are sorry and repent. Have mercy on us according to your love. Wash away our wrongdoing and cleanse us from our sin. Renew a right spirit within us and restore us to the joy of your salvation. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. May the Father of all mercies cleanse you from your sins and restore you in his image to the praise and glory of his name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, we now listen to God's word with two readings from the New Testament. A reading from the letter of James. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbour bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, don't boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have, because you do not ask God. And when you ask, you don't receive, because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You adulterous people. Don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? And therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think scripture says without reason? that God jealously longs for the spirit he's caused to dwell in us. But he gives us more grace. And that is why scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favour to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God, 
and he will come near to you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the Gospel according to Mark. They left that place and passed through Galilee. Jesus didn't want anyone to know where they were because he was teaching his disciples. He said to them, The Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. They will kill him. And after three days, he will rise. But they did not understand what he meant and were afraid to ask him about it. They came to Capernaum. And when Jesus was in the house, he asked them, What were you arguing about on the road? But they kept quiet, because on the way they had argued about who was the greatest. <laughs> Sitting down, Jesus called the twelve and said, Anyone who wants to be the first must be the very last and the servant of all. He took a little child whom he placed among them. Taking the child in his arms, he said to them, Whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me does not welcome me but the one who sent me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Sheila. Well, I want to speak this morning about our gospel reading in Mark chapter 9, but before doing so, shall we just pray? Heavenly Father, we pray that your Holy Spirit would enlighten us as we spend time in your word together. Amen. Well, what is it that prompts people to help others? Sometimes people do things as a memorial to someone they've loved. I remember my wife and daughter raising money in the race for life in memory of my sister who had recently died. Sometimes people do it out of genuine compassion. And sometimes people help others simply because they've had such kindness shown to them. You often hear former refugees talking about helping others in the community because they were shown kindness when they first entered the country. Well, the Gospel passage has a lot to do with that last example. It starts with Jesus teaching about the way he served us through his death. And it then points to two possible responses. So first then, Jesus' death. Verse 30 tells us that Jesus was trying to get away from the crowds because he had something really important to say. I suppose uh, as a result of the pandemic, uh, we are less wanting to get away from people than to join up with people again. Sometimes you definitely need other people's company, but sometimes when you've got something important to say, you need to take people aside. 
And that's what Jesus was doing with his disciples. He didn't want them distracted. He then teaches them for the second time in Mark's Gospel that he's going to be killed and he will then rise again. Now, the first time he'd told them uh, earlier in the previous chapter, he said that those responsible would be the religious authorities. But this time, he simply says it's going to be people. In other words, the whole of humanity is in the frame. And just as before, the disciples don't understand. Well, it's not so very different today, is it? Why did Jesus apparently voluntarily go to his death? People don't always have an answer to that question. But the answer is that you and I couldn't be saved for eternal life as members of God's family without it happening. The Old Testament prophet Isaiah had predicted that this would happen hundreds of years before. He said that God's suffering servant would take on himself the punishment for our sins. And as a result, we would no longer have to live in fear of meeting God. By his wounds you are healed, said the prophet. But even though the disciples would have heard this in their synagogues, they didn't connect this with Jesus. Instead, we're told that they didn't understand and they were afraid to ask. I remember so many times in my classroom at school when I didn't understand things uh, and I was afraid to ask because I knew it had been taught before and I hadn't got the hang of it earlier. This seems to be what's afflicting the disciples here. Well, that then brings us to the two responses. And the interesting thing about these responses is that the first response focuses on self. The second response focuses on Jesus. So the first response uh, is to ignore what Jesus has said, just like the disciples did, um, and uh, just focus on the benefits for ourselves. So the disciples' lack of understanding meant that they just carried on thinking about things, well, from an everyday point of view. They had been following Jesus, but arguing about who was the greatest. They knew they were following a king. They were looking forward to the establishment of his kingdom, and they wanted to know what their place was going to be within it. Their interest was in status and recognition. They knew Jesus was God's son, Israel's king, enormously powerful, and they want as much of that for themselves as possible. <laughs> well, uh, before we blame them, I think it's worth recognising that we all fall into that trap from time to time. You know, God, if you're really there, please do these favours for me. Please do something about my health or my debt or my relationships. Please make someone back down. We like the idea of God making us powerful. Now, that first sort of response is one that focuses on self. But the second response that we see in this passage is one that focuses on Jesus, because the response that Jesus commends is very different. It talks about service. You see, if we have truly grasped 
how much of his personal power and standing Jesus gave up in order to save us through suffering and death. Well then, putting ourselves out for others will come much more naturally because we know how much God has put himself out for us. Jesus served us by giving up his power. And if we follow him, we'll show it, not because we have to, but because it's natural to serve others. And the example Jesus gives is of a child. Now, uh, Jewish people at that time regarded children as, uh, to quote one commentator, uh, not having arrived. In other words, they weren't yet adults. Uh, they weren't really present in the room. They're a good example of people who are overlooked, who are relatively insignificant. And Jesus says, well, the way you pay attention to them will show whether you're really linked with me and by extension with God. So as we finish our gospel reading, let's just ask ourselves the question, what's our attitude to others going to be this week? I'm not suggesting that we should all go away and try and do better. Rather, that thinking about Jesus's death, we remember that he came as a servant. And his focus was on helping others with the love of God. Where's our focus going to be this week? On ourselves? Or is it going to be on Jesus? And therefore, on others? Shall we pray that in our case we are so taken up with the wonder of what Jesus has done for us, that our focus is indeed on loving others. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the clarity of this gospel message. We thank you for all you have done for us in love in sending Jesus Christ to die for us. And in the light of how much he gave up for our sake, help us to give ourselves in the service of others. We ask these things in his name. Amen. So then, if you would like to join in with the words on screen, we say together, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our second hymn helps us to reflect on the power of the cross.
The Vicar of St Peter's, the Reverend Mark Wallace, now leads us in prayer. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we pray for our world, for our leaders and those of every nation. We pray for wisdom and discernment in all they decide and do. For our communities, our neighbours, and yes, even our enemies. We pray for grace, that we may live peaceful and fruitful lives. For our future, and the future of those yet to be born, we pray for a desire to steward wisely all we have so generously been given. Heavenly Father, we pray for our world. In Jesus' name, Amen. Heavenly Father, we pray for your church. Fill us with a knowledge of what it means to be adopted into your family. Fill us with an understanding of what it means to live as your disciples. 
Fill us with a desire to please you in every way. Fill us by your Spirit, that we might be joyful ambassadors and faithful servants. Heavenly Father, we pray for your church. In Jesus' name, Amen. Heavenly Father, we pray for those in need. We lift before you those who are sick, whether in body, mind or spirit, and ask that in your goodness you might heal and restore. We pray for your blessing on all those who struggle this day, and ask that by your grace you might comfort and reassure. We pray for your peace, for any who are anxious or fearful, and ask that from your generosity you might provide for their needs. Heavenly Father, we pray for those in need. In Jesus' name, Amen. And the Collect. O Lord, we beseech you mercifully to hear the prayers of your people who call upon you and grant that they may both perceive and know what things they ought to do, and also may have grace and power faithfully to fulfil them. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And as our Saviour taught us, our Father in heaven, Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today your daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. We sing our final hymn as we dedicate ourselves afresh to the service of God and one another.
Thank you for joining us for our service today. Let me close by asking for God's blessing on us all. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep our hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And may the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, be amongst us and remain with us always. Amen. <laughs>